Willkommen to episode 184 of A Pint with Shawnee B. Jawohl. Uh, we'll explain why we're doing bad German. Um, probably racist, is it? Everything's anyway, racist now. Yeah, I'm with the Don as ever. Hello, the Don. Hell yeah. Um, we had a very good response to the last episode, Liverpool and Flap Couture. Yeah, and I, I appreciate all the support, but it has really like gotten on my tits a bit that everyone thinks it's flap culture, which is fine, but flap couture is better, yeah. and I did coin it. So One of the things about the last episode was the numbers went through the roof. Did it? Yeah, so first of all, our numbers are growing a lot, so thank you all for listening. And also, if you want to, we, we're not that sort of podcast that constantly asks people to you know, send them money and all that kind of stuff. But we do have a system whereby you can uh, log into patreon.com backslash B and you can decide to leave us a pint. Every I'm month. not named on it because the welfare, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a lot of you have been with me in Patreon for many years and you know who you are and thank you so much. And uh, the money does help. Um, largely, we use the money to promote the podcast now on Facebook. And here's why it went through the roof. We thought it might have been over slagging people from Liverpool. We thought it might have been over the flap couture. But oh no, I actually included Bosnia and Serbia on the actual list of countries because there was a tiny bit in the last episode where I posited that Putin should have invaded Serbia. And that might have been funny seeing how they those genocidal pricks um, handled that. And it went off in Republic Srpska, which is a division of Bosnia and Herzegovina and it went off in Bosnia and Croatia and so we were nearly the Joseph Princep of the Third World War uh, he was the guy who shot Archduke Franz I was about to say I'm hearing a lot of words here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also don't really see how that would suddenly have taken off like what does that conversation because look like, like in Bosnia yeah, but what does that conversation oh, look like and they, also how the fuck do they even understand they me tra- they probably dubbed doesn't you yeah. perhaps because you have that transatlantic <laughs> lilt of a girl on the well, I also I also have quite a lot of listeners in Sarajevo because I did a whole Sarajevo a year a few years ago where I went and interviewed about four or five famous Sarajevans or How Bosnians. though? Did you have it on YouTube dubbed or something? Well I have uh, first of all I have a Godshaw there hello Liam if you're listening uh, so I used to go over and visit him Liam's he not small. listening He's not listening <laughs> It's adult Adam uh, <laughs> Sorry Jeff Sorry um, Jeff <laughs> uh, Sorry Jeff uh, Yeah so I went over and I met all these amazing people who'd lived through the war and who like the artist uh, Shayla Kamovich yeah. and all those people um, and the Bosnian Film Festival, sorry, you have a film festival, I talked to the head of that. So I have quite a number of listeners there, so they probably all just went, oh, he's having them. And also, the Serbs just are, you know, it was one of the countries I couldn't wait to get out of. They're just, they pretend that everything's great and that they're really friendly and nice and all this kind of stuff. The but irony just, of saying, of generalising all of the people from a particular country and saying what pricks well, okay. all people in that country okay, are the fucking racists. The biggest aggressor in the no, I know, I get what you're saying. Was, was Serbia. No, End off, you know? No, no joke is, I, I do get what you're saying and there is, obviously, look, there's a fucking real problem behind that Eastern Bloc. There, there is, yeah. but I bet you can see the funny side. Anyway, that's what we... I don't like Bosnians because they're racist. <laughs> That's what caused a big... Uh, no, Serbs. Serbs, sorry. Be careful. The Bosnians are Muslim. You can give out about that if you want. <laughs> but, <laughs> Another and they're kind of cool Muslims. They're, like, you go to Bosnia... Sarajevo like the Turkish Mos- Muslims. Sarajevo is an amazing city. It's like this pudding bowl, upturned pudding bowl, and so it's surrounded on all sides by sort of hills. That's where all the Serb snipers were when you used to see those people yeah. running for bread. And, like, the muzines go off every, you know, four times a day, singing around the... It's very beautiful, especially at night time. 
and there's no, I've never had any grief and there's pubs and everything and no one's running around with sticks beating girls because they're not wearing yashmaks and stuff like that so it's, it seems a very tolerant Muslim society and you know no part of anyone that I met there who was a Muslim had any truck with you know ISIS or Jihad no, or anything no. like that so. I like, no in fairness there's, there, there are countries where it's more extreme and not it was a religion there shit. it was like a normal religion people yeah. were Muslim and they did Muslim things and they didn't try and fucking but isn't it it's actually really nice and, when you go to a country that is a Muslim country but not a particularly extreme country it's you know a tolerant modern society it's really nice because they tend to be extremely warm and inclined to invite you into their culture yeah. and things like you know funerals and stuff are totally different to how we do them and I, I always find that it's, it's really nice to be invited into that and have it explained to you and yeah and the thing about the thing about Islam is it's a bastard to try and follow this whole Catholic thing of you know we'll, we'll just lay say fairs and pick what bits we like and a Catholicism like, yeah like, they pray five times a day. They've just finished Ramadan, which is like, you can't eat from dawn till dusk or whatever. Which and, is know, a beast when it falls in the wrong month. Well, exactly. And this was a pretty bad month because it got bright, bright early. Anyway, uh, so we went to, so the, yeah, there's also a slight travelogue dimension developing, but we don't really know what the fuck we're doing. Uh, thank you all for listening. In fact, most more people are listening now to you warbling on every week than ever listen to me with a guest. Of well, that's understandable. Um, are you suggesting I don't have any import? <laughs> that's just funny. You spent a, well, I spent a lot of time working on that, getting guests, listening to them, traveling to see them. Whereas I just pull shit out of my arse, stick it on Facebook, and everyone goes, oh my gosh, yeah. you're so funny. We just go, we do a podcast, I say, no, no, let's just do it on next weekend, you know. <laughs> That listenership goes up. Always the way. Um, but I thank you all for your support. And yeah, great if you could um, contribute. So the next month we're going to be in Toulouse in France. So if anyone has any tips there, we're going to be there for a few days. And the following month we're going to be doing a 10-day trek across Denmark from Billund to uh, Copenhagen. And then in August there will be a surprise venue p- chosen. It'd be a surprise uh, to me too. It's a surprise to me as well because we haven't even booked anything yet. But we're probably going to go. Ahead. So there'll probably be a little slight travel log. And last month or this month, May, we went to Frankfurt. Yes, we did. What was Frankfurt like? German. It was. Uh, Frankfurt is. Uh, but one of the things we did notice was relative to Dublin, Liverpool, probably Newcastle, and other UK cities uh, and Ireland cities. The old flap couture was well under control. It was, it was, because we sat there for a solid hour and we came across one. Now, there was some two girls that looked like cookers anyway, which they're allowed to do that. Yeah, they didn't look German though. No, yeah. I will point that out. (laughs) (laughs) The street was bustling and we were there for ages trying to spot somebody sporting that flap couture. It didn't happen. There's a certain sophistication. I I know they can be a bit boring, but when you go into your Viennas and your. Geneva's and your Hamburg's and your you know you're just your middle European cities there's just such a sophistication like it's very there's easy people as well. vomiting in the streets and fighting like you do in UK and Ireland cities and you know just general fucking mayhem and ceiling over drinking and all you know it's just kind of it's like everyone's just kind of yeah we don't we're a bit more fucking grown up than that or something yeah but I found when I was in Salzburg I found that it was like it had that veneer but very quickly you saw that actually, no, they were just like the country cousins. 
It was yeah. dirty. The scanners came out once it was past 6 p.m. Yeah. They were I mean, pretending maybe. to be all Austrian and sophisticated, but not like the undercurrent. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know me, I'm always r- running down uh, Ireland and Britain, yeah. But uh, anyway, it was Why just... do you keep landing us in with Britain there? Like Because uh, we're very similar. Uh, the flat couture is exactly you? the same year as it is in Liverpool, or maybe six months behind it, you know? Sorry, so, like... And they, the drinking and... Smell of cocoa says, brown in this room, you fucking tan. It's just well, non-stop UK and Ireland. We're very similar. The past five we minutes. watch the same television shows. And none of them watch our shows, and that's understandable. They watch Dairy so Girls. They do watch Dairy Girls, which had its uh, finale. Which had its disappointing finale this week. Did you watch the finale? No, not yet. Are you uh, disappointed? I think the whole series has been the, the, Yeah, this series wasn't great. I didn't... So I had a thing with the kids. Wednesday, we're going to have pizza, Dairy Girls... The uncle's going to start talking and we both pause and go, shut up. <laughs> but then he started doing a dairy accent. So it's our thing. But I found, I think because it was so successful, it's like they're gearing it towards American audiences and that's fucking it yeah, up. He said this. Yeah. Quite why they would do that, I don't know. But anyway. Um, and what else? You so, And also, this has been a month where you've met Durans. I have. Okay, so... I have... <laughs> you mentioned that in the last podcast. I think we did. I don't know. Well, you've outed me now for anyone who wasn't aware my name is in fact Duran. I just, I, I don't like to shout about man. it because I'd like to keep my two lives separate as in the yeah. one that might one day actually, you know, make money doesn't really want to be attached to this podcast. But your so. most famous iteration is Facebook and you're Duran the Don O'Neill and that. So yeah, I know. Exactly. I, have to, I, I actually might have to change that. <laughs> I'm just thinking future-wise. But it's an Irish name it's but it's one of these Irish names so like in the 80s in the late 80s the upper middle class in fashion was to pick the most obscure Irish name like not just an Irish name something really fucking unusual that Irish people can't pronounce and it's like mm. and then if somebody has come across that name before they'd make a point of over pronouncing it so for Darren anybody that comes across my name that's come across before and wants to make it known that they're quite educated and they know what Darren is will say Darren and they'll really like over pronounce the soft D that kind of shit yeah yeah so I, but I was brought up uh, not in upper middle class <laughs> so they thought it'd be really cool let's give the autistic kid a fucking wanky name and bring her up in Tala so I never actually met a Darren in real life until recently we were on a plane where were we going but well, we were, back. we were no first we were going to London like just overnight and I kept I heard in the airport and then I heard on the plane as this this mother who was like it kind of scanned no offence to her but it kind of scanned that she'd have a dear in for a daughter uh, but she kept saying it and I kept, kept looking up because I'm not used to hearing my name unless it's mm. at me I don't even call you Darren no 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 so it's really fucking weird so I, I met the child I call the Don the Don yeah which is the annoyance of many of my friends. It's brilliant, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I met the child. I'll be honest, no offence, the child doesn't really do anything for the name. I was underwhelmed by my first term, but I was delighted that I finally met one. We she didn't seem that enamoured to me. She, she was like, Meh. Yeah, I know, she was an arsehole. She was an arsehole. I'm fucking brilliant. Anyway. So at least 50% of all Deerans that we know are arseholes, basically. So I'd say more. I'd yeah. say more. So we, were, we went to Frankfurt. And one of the things in Frankfurt they're very proud of is their bridges. So they've got a lot of bridges and you go on a boat at night and you have some, uh, I don't know how you say, some wine and drinks and things and you go under the bridges and they explain to you what the bridges are for and how many lights they have on Why the bridges. Why do you life, Kitty? And when they come from here, we have the, we have the next bridge. This bridge has made many laser beams and stuff. And you're kind of going, yeah, is this all we're going to get? Bridge after bridge. And then yeah. there's like shit bridge. Which was no lights on it, but yeah, it was um, disappointing. But no, pretty bridges, you can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the bridges are lovely. And then on the boat, watching the bridges, we heard two Kerry accents. 
you went up to get drinks and I heard the Kerry accents and I was like, I oh, don't start because once you start chatting, you'll be stuck there for the night. I was like, oh, will I? No, I won't. I'll say nothing. I leave the option open. I thought I heard Darren. I was like, no, you're, you're hearing things now. Then they heard us taking the piss and they were like, oh, you're Irish. Oh, crap. So they got yapping to us and about 20 minutes into the conversation, one of them said, Darren, I, I was like, did you just say Darren? What was her friend's name? Her Kira. Kira. Hello, Kira and uh, dear Dylan, if you're listening. Oh, Austin, doing the Scottish thing. Um, so, and, you know, apart from that, Frankfurt was just what you'd probably expect it to be. Yeah. You know, sophisticated closes on Sunday and people, you know, it's a bit Yeah, well, like, in fairness, we, we, we arrived, what was it, a Saturday when we went? Yeah. yeah. So, in fairness, everything closed on a Sunday. Did it blow us away? No, but we also didn't give it a fair chance. It was fine. We just weren't there when anything was happening. So one of the things we should talk about is this flying thing. Probably the worst thing and the biggest tip ever you can get uh, when flying to Frankfurt is do not fly Ryanair. Frankfurt, as most of you listening know, is probably one of the biggest international airports in Europe. It's probably second or third biggest after, I don't know, Heathrow, Rotterdam, Paris, Charles de Gaulle or whatever. But Ryanair, in their infinite wisdom, have decided that their Frankfurt airport will be one hour and 50 minutes by coach away from Frankfurt. It's somewhere near Luxembourg, It's actually nearer to Luxembourg, which, by the way, if you ever want to go to Luxembourg on the cheap, fly Ryanair to Frankfurt. But you'll have to rent a car. You'll have to rent a car at the the airport, but it's only an hour away from Luxembourg. That could be, that could double as Ryanair. I bet you that's Ryanair's Luxembourg airport as well. They just rechange it. They've got different, you know... Oh, you're flying into Luxembourg Han, which is Frankfurt Han, and they just fly people in there pretend. So that was atrocious, and also kills so much time because there's, you know, there's the there's the hour to get there before the bus goes, there's the hour and a half on the bus, and it's tight, sweaty and horrible and cold. Oh, that's shite. Yeah, so that wrecked it. And in fact, Ryanair wreck everything. They do. They? they ruined. They you had a go with them last time, but this was there was more shit this time, wasn't there? Oh, do you want to get the podcast banned? Because clearly, every time I fucking criticise Michael O'Leary. There Facebook starts jumping in. Yeah, there have been some improvements. There have been some improvements. You're welcome. But yeah, now Ryanair is a shit show. But have we stopped? No, we haven't. Have we any intention of stopping? No, because we are Michael O'Leary's little bitch. I will say, haven't we bitched about climate change and how people should just cop on and be the change you want to see and stop waiting for other people to do it? Yeah. We say, and then every everything that we're not talking about climate change and giving out and being holier than thou, we're talking about how, how we've been flitting off. On cheap flights. Yeah, so we've had a look at this. And, you know, one of the things about this, I think, right? So first of all, the first excuse is people go, oh, well, like the planes are going anyway. So like, well, yeah, cause me, not, me, me just buying one of the tickets, you know. Yeah, the plane's going anyway. But if you keep adding your name to a list of people who are interested in that flight, well, you're adding to the problem. And yeah. so we're all told not to fly or we're all told to switch our lights out because we need to save energy. But if you're living in a little house or, or an apartment in town, and you've got one little light on and you switch them all off and you switch your immersion off and you go to bed and you can't really sleep because of the halogen lighting that's lighting up the PWC building yeah. outside your window 24-7. And someone's going, well, that's the Dublin skyline. We need to protect the Dublin skyline. And you're being... So everyone, the little person, a bit like when we were... Yeah. When the banks collapsed, the little person is told, no, you need to help out here. You need to recycle. You need to do this. Whereas capitalism mm. burns away, burns away, burns oh, away. Oh, yeah. And, like, usually around the discussion, I tend to lean more that side and you tend to keep it... And probably just because you have to yeah, you have to argue with it and be fair and work at once. But I tend to be in that thing of, yeah, I know, just because this country isn't doing the right thing and this country isn't... Doing, and, the, and capitalism's doing this is no excuse not to do your best yourself. However, 
when it comes to climate change and stuff, you kind of go, well, if a lot of the stuff that you can do to help is going to like face palm you into further poverty, that's really hard to take when you're watching other people pissing it against the wall. That's fair enough. So to your analogy that if we all had to knock our lights off, yeah, but if PG are blinding you through the fucking curtains with their thing, mm. when, when it causes hardship for you, it's kind of hard to expect people to put themselves to hardship when it's being, when their nose is being rubbed in somebody else just pissing it against the wall. So my brother-in-law, you know, well, who's 50 this week, Matt, happy birthday. Happy birthday, um, Matt. He's very conscious about all this and he's mm. very careful and he doesn't like traveling by plane and probably the least sanctimonious boat. person I've ever met doesn't rub people's noses in it I think probably look, sorts out his own carbon emissions on every flight and is the classic quintessential good egg when yeah. it comes to behavior that the government is suggesting the greater way now my view on it is the, the what needs to happen say on flying is less flights need to be going out mm. at the moment no one would dare turn to Michael O'Leary and say instead of having 30 flights to London a day or to Britain a day, you can have 10, right? That's one way of reducing emissions. Yeah. That will have a knock-on effect on pricing. Demand will go up. They'll be able to charge more for tickets. And we'll end up debating whether it's worth our while spending 200 quid to go to Birmingham, then 20 quid to go to Birmingham. Yeah. And factoring into that with us is, in any given year, there's some sort of travel card you have. Your first flight is free. You know, not free. It's whatever the airline charges you. Your second flight, you have to pay. Yeah. A 50% surcharge, think, a third flight is 100%, yeah. a fourth flight is 500%. And so businesses who send their executives are paying £1,000 surcharge on flights over, and they'll focus them yeah, on Yeah, they'll they suddenly start go. going, does that need to be in person? No, it doesn't. Can that be Zoom as yeah, well? Yeah, but I do think, like, I, I don't think that'll ever be done. Not that I think it's so complex that it couldn't be done, but it's just one of these things that you know won't be done. And when you look at it, you go, well, we want to balance out that people can have a life. I would like for ordinary working families who don't have a huge amount or breaking their bollocks to put a roof over the kid's head if they can afford to go to Spain might not even be every year maybe it's every second year they can afford a holiday but it's a budget travel type shit I I would hate to see that they can't bring their kids on a holiday however once you start going on three holidays a year it's a bit like well you know do without wait until your annual one so if you're allowed one freebie a year but this is I mean this is why I'm kind of frustrated to the point of apathy and indifference about climate change. That there's nothing, unless, like for example, on the red meat thing, we said this before, we do need to cull our national herd. I don't give a fuck about Argentina and Brazil. We need to cut our national herd because we have too many cows. Yeah, but can you see the point, as to the point you were making a few minutes ago, that I don't give a fuck about Brazil and Argentina. Yeah, I know, but if you were an Irish farmer, yeah. you fucking would. So, You'd go, well, why the fuck have I well, to go okay, through that for so what? Okay, so we have to sit what? down our farmers, like Michael O'Leary, and say, instead of there's less flights, there's less cows. Sorry. Plant something else. Become the weed capital of your... I know. Use your creativity. You've got the land. And the way we do that is, we don't go, you know, oh, tut, tut, you shouldn't be eating red meat when you go to the butchers. You should go, the butcher can only open three days mm. a week. The restaurants can only serve red meat three days a week. And capitalism needs yeah. to... But where? Oh, no, I do agree. I, I so do it's not think, available to us. No, I do think that, that the government and we as a society should be working to make farming sustainable so that so that if and when we get people to eat more responsibly that farmers don't lose their livelihood and so we should be working towards that fucking mm. weed farms all that kind of stuff would yeah, be a fun- i mean you sound like a politician now but i mean no i know but farmers and, and then the, but i think the, that's quite different to going well tough tits we have to reduce the herd and it doesn't because it's no we have to and no, no i know but the, but you know do you see what i'm saying there's a difference yeah. between going well tough tits because a few yeah, minutes no, ago it's tough tits, actually, yeah well a few and minutes ago we had a different attitude no, no, but my point is if we want to do it properly 
And the same applies for you and your car. And That's the drug dealers upstairs. Jeez. It's always like that somewhere in your house. Some every If ever you have anyone living upstairs, every now and then... Again. They drop marbles on the floor. What are they fucking dropping? Bye. Bye. Maybe they've finally discovered... Maybe it's their competitors. We have this theory that upstairs from us they're growing weed because they've got this this weird kind of it's almost like a uh, you know like a clothes dryer that's broken yeah. and it goes all hours of the night and then when we go outside for a walk we look up to the apartment above us and it's like tin foil on the window type shit like and every so often they'll drop loads of stuff like fucking yeah. marbles and stuff. It's a very strange house. Yeah, we don't know what's going on up there. Yeah. Leave that in. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing for Russian fuel. Like, you know, in, in former wars, they were rationing. It was like things mm. didn't get made. Oh, no, Volkswagens and BMWs have to get made. The, Amer- the German economy still has to power away. So it, it, well, as soon as Russia invaded, it should have been switch off the gas. We don't want your gas. Bring them to their knees as fast as possible. So all you hear is the Joe Bidens and the, and the politicians saying, oh, you know, this is a travesty. This needs to stop. Climate change is getting worse and worse. Look at the new data that's mm. coming out. We really need to knuckle down and stop it. And there's no legislative action yeah. potent enough to affect change in availability. Flights need to be hard to come by. You can't just go online like we do drunk some night and decide, let's do Ryanair spin. It's quite a good game, actually. Spin the wheel and work <laughs> out how cheap you can get away to follow them again. You know, and go wherever it brings you which is possibly why we're going to Toulouse, but um, that'll be next month. Oh, no, we had a reason to go there. No, we did, yeah. yeah. One of my friends is having a birthday party. I mean, you went, you, one of the things that Dawn likes to do when we go to uh, other other countries is she likes to visit the uh, local supermarkets. Yeah, that's my thing. One, I actually really do enjoy looking at the products, see what's similar, what's not similar, see how much things cost. I enjoy looking at mothers with small kids that are fucking pulling out of them and throwing the Cocoa Pops in and the mother's saying, fucking do it. your father gets home. And for me, I'm on my holidays and it's some tropical country. For them, it's a Tuesday afternoon. They're going, for fuck's sake. And like, I feel like it's the one space, like 10 minutes will do me, but it's the one space where I feel, oh, okay, I got a vibe for the country now. Well, I want to see what the frustrated mother getting hassled in the and supermarket looks like. And of course, you saw like. Aldi in the motherland. I did. Aldi sold. German supermarket brand. Sweet Jesus. It was cheap. Yeah. Now, I will say, the Prosecco I did pick up was fucking muck. It was pure muck. But that was bad luck because I mean, I'm Aldi. Yeah, vodka that costs 16 euros and Aldi here costs 250 or yeah. something there. It's crazy. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that the, the, you know, and again, it's sort of, it does sound a bit self-serving. And this sounds terrible, but the end of the world through climate change is coming. Mm. There's nothing we can do to stop it because nobody has the will or intention. This is Greta Thunberg's blah, 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 more blah, blah. And so you can either decide to be like Matt and just be good and be have, have your conscience clear and you lead by mm. example, which no one else is following. Or just go fuck it and just do it until somebody gets to, it gets to the point where people begin legislating, stopping yeah. Ryanair from traveling, 50% less flights every year, deal with it, Ryanair, work it out. You know, this is the way things are made. I don't know. So- I was thinking a couple of minutes ago, and I think it's probably because you mentioned Matt, and I started thinking about Greta Thunberg, and I went, what, what does it take to make you that sort of person? And I thought about that, and I went... It's probably much more of a personal journey as in, I know I'm pissing against the wind. I know that the world isn't going to suddenly stop being selfish and do the right thing because I'm leading by example. I know that the example I'm leading by is making my life more expensive and a little bit more difficult than it needs to be. 
and I'm maybe wrong, but I, I think that why people get like that is because they kind of go, yeah, but I just, you know, what's life about? We all go, we all go through that kind of what's life about? Why am I in the past? I want to leave knowing I wasn't a fucking arsehole. Well, then you don't buy a private jet and drive. Yeah, but well, no, I know. But I mean, if you look at obviously, you're going to have the fucking the vegans that just are dying to be holier than thou, and it's all that kind of shit. So it's performative. Are they? Well, there are some people who are performative, and that's what they're getting out of it. But you ask yourself, people who are you know walking the walk and living really sustainably and taking it very seriously, but also are not sanctimonious and don't shout about it. Go, what are they getting out of it? Because you know they're not getting the satisfaction of knowing it's working. It's not. Mm-hmm. And they're having their nose rubbed in it constantly while they're making their own lives more expensive, more difficult. The only thing I can assume is that it's it's worth it to them personally for those particular types of personalities to know that they have been a positive influence in the world and that they feel good about them. They can sleep at night and that mm-hmm. matters to them. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm usually curious about behavior and people and personalities. I'm curious about the personality that manages to care enough about the fact that the planet is burning and we're doomed and, and to be able to take it seriously and not live with this cognitive dissonance that they can still live however the fuck they like and everything's rosy. So they have to be a realist to an extent. But what kind of shade of optimism is there for a person to be able to live in that way? And they're not sanctimonious and getting woke points. They're not, they're not rubbing people's noses in it. So like, and that's what people like my dad and all the capitalists say. Look at yourself and look after yourself and take a bit of your responsibility for yourself and then everything will be okay. That's exactly their line. Uh, yeah, quite possibly. But that makes it even more interesting to me. If I think of Greta Thunberg or Matt, I'm really interested in what happens to a personality to make you follow through with that. Even shitty ideologies are have a grain of truth in them. So if the shitty ideology is, well, if each outside their own door swept, well, that is true. The problem is when that is when that is used and wielded against those who don't have anything as a kind of a, well, oh, yeah, pull yourself up by the bootstrap. Then right. it's kind of then it's kind of shitty. Yeah. But we there is a truth. Wielding it against people who are wasting water in a in a poor town, uh, people who are littering. Because they're just a bunch of knackers that they won't buy. You know, there's plenty. Yeah, yeah you can point oh, the of finger course, at them. Of course, of course. But what I'm saying is, while I don't love the whole, well, if each out, outside their own door sweat mentality, because it generally tends to be tacked on to excusing contishness, but in and of itself, it's true. If each outside their own door swept, would be better off. And just because Johnny next door <laughs> isn't doing the right thing doesn't mean that you shouldn't try and be your best person. True. Well, we had this in COVID, in my view, in spades, where everyone yeah. was able to rationalise. I had arsehole friends from South County Dublin going, well, I always have a holiday in August and I'm not letting COVID stop me. So myself and my family are going to Portugal for two weeks and we're going again. And, you know, and I don't care how, you know, how much I break the rule, you know, mm. and that's just... For me, the, 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 the what bothered me the most about that, right, is like, to be honest, yeah, I probably didn't really change anybody. What I'm not going to let COVID stop me. Well, basically what you're saying is I want my children to learn that we're special and we shouldn't ever have to give something up rather than for one year, give up your holiday and your children learn, you know what, we're part of a society. And just because we're lucky and you're well educated and we'll probably always have comfortable lives, you know, we're decent people. Wouldn't that have been a nice lesson for your children to learn that we're going to we're, yeah. go, we're going to take part. We're going to have a little bit of patriotism we're going to do what the country has agreed to do we're not going to be arseholes my, friend, my American friend comes over and oh, he catches COVID then he starts lying about tests and he starts double masking thinking he can go out because it doesn't really matter he's got it but you know it's the sort of guy you go oh well you know if, if you had uh, HIV would you go out fucking random women without wearing a condom or telling them and this oh now I want to go home so I'm going to damn sure stamp my little feet and demand that I go home 
you know, and pay money to go home or pay money to travel. So, you know, there's all that sort of stuff going on. And that's the stuff that really was exposed in people, this kind of... Well, and we, we, had it, we had it with a few things where we were going, should we do this or yeah. not? And, you know, we really wanted to, and we did uh, probably uh, let ourselves, or I maybe let myself down in one or two places. But, you know, you... you um, you, you 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 see how hard it is. Yeah, but I mean, like we have a very strong theme about bitching about hypocrisy, and yeah, that's, again, that's recently. Why we're this conversation. So today's conversation is us calling ourselves on shit. Yeah, which is not like oh boo hoo, aren't we awful? I feel like a terrible person. If we're going to bitch about hypocrisy. We also have to kind of have a look at ourselves. But there's no hypocrisy in my view because I'm actually not going around banging the fucking climate change drum, telling people to change their behaviour because I think we're gone. I think it's yeah. over. I'm, I'm perfectly entitled to be an absolute pessimist on this oh, yeah. because yeah. it's going on for 25 years, right? So we, we're acting like the climate thing has just come up in the last three years since the COP24, just before COVID broke. But it's been going on for 25 years. You know what it feels like to me? It feels like it's been there, but it was kind of... It was like, swept it, up no, the no, it was like by an, capitalism. No, so... Sorry. For me, it feels, past like three years, it feels like, yeah, the climate thing was there, but it was like an elective hobby. It was like something you could do to be virtuous, whereas now it's like, oh, no, it's not really elective. It's kind of, you don't have to go feeding the homeless in soup kitchens. If you do, good for you. Whereas I kind of feel like giving a shit about climate and, and making choices based on that even 10 years ago was like, aren't you great? Jesus. And she also feeds the homeless. Whereas now it's like, if you don't make choices that are good for the climate, you're kind of a cunt. It's not, it's not optional now. You're mm. not getting ex- you're not getting a medal for it. This mm. is what's expected of you, and that's kind of the reckoning that I see happening. Mm. I would lobby for actively reducing the number of flights worldwide immediately. Mm. How to do it? I don't know. Use your brains. Use your creativity. Don't listen to Michael O'Leary. Let them sue you for for, for whatever. But it's those kind of big gestures. And by the way, that will stop me from flying. And it will make me think about flying. If the whole country mm. is going, we're trying to shut down Ryanair, don't fly unless you have to. That would be enough of a message. But what's actually happening now, Michael O'Leary is going after us with a cattle prod. Get on our planes. Mm. And he doesn't give a shit. So my inner cunt is coming out now. And I'm going, OK, so how would that actually work? And as to our idea, which is fair and reasonable that, you know, people, it's not that people can't have a holiday, but like you can't take the piss and be going the whole time. And we want it to be affordable for everyone. We don't want to make it so that just rich people can do it all the time. Poor people can't. So then like, if we went to this idea that every citizen had one tax free flight. Yeah. Right. But then we tax the fuck out of it yeah. after that. One tax free five free. Right. OK. But then we don't have we don't have a global government. So what if that was like an Irish initiative? Fucking dirty independent <laughs> gets up in the doll and decides we're going to introduce this. And here, here's why it's great. It's going to be good for tourism because we can only control our own citizens. So it's not going to stop a million fucking Americans and Germans coming in feeding our tourism industry. But it will stop a lot of our people from going abroad because maybe they went at Christmas to visit their family in Australia. But their summer holiday, but, they, but I can't afford a second flight. So they're going to. So it's going to boost our tourism industry while still having the, the virtue points. Yeah, Yay! The unfortunate thing is the holiday here would cost more than the trip. It would, yeah, it would, yeah. The rate they're going. But yeah, something like that. Big gestures, switch the lights off in the city office blocks. No one's doing anything like that. Mm. Because capitalism doesn't think it has to because it's privileged and it's kind of entitled. And it says, without us, nothing happens. So it's the little person who's been told to switch their bedroom light off. And also, we need to stop buying Russian fuel. Like, yeah, it's a war. There's a fucking ration in Europe. It's that serious, lads, you know? But mm. instead, oh, no, we just do this bit piecemeal, piecemeal, piecemeal. And Putin's kind of laughing all the way to the bank a little bit. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, so so yeah, you're right. We we and I mean, I'd be really interested in uh, any feedback from any listeners on this because we are trying to look at our own hypocrisy on this. My view is I'm not going out there banging the drum, as I said, on climate change. I think we're too far gone. My view is that we're definitely hypocrites because everybody's a hypocrite. No, but even on this issue, yeah, absolutely. If you listen back to some of our climate things and some of us having a rant, and we're right, but we're also going, oh, by the way, law of us, we're far from fucking perfect. And I think that's important. Aside from the climate change thing, the hypocrisy thing is ranting and raving, it's important to also kind of call ourselves on our own shit. So in many ways, I am the kind of epitome of the sure the flights are going might as well be on them I'm yeah. kind of on the epitome of that argument which, I, I'm find, very, which I find very shallow and hypocritical yeah as well, but I mean but. like I'm a very flawed person and it's not me kind of going yeah well look at I'm flawed who cares I actually do care about my flaws and I care about bettering myself but there's no part of me that's suggesting I'm not flawed but I think having the integrity to bring that to the discussion when we're talking about hypocrisy whether it be about religion whether it be about climate change whatever bringing our own flaws and having a little reckoning with ourselves and realising, yeah, I probably should do A, I won't because I'm not a good enough person, mm. but let's have a real chat about how I should be doing A, I am doing C, mm, how could I do B? That's yeah. that's what it's about. It's not about us saying we have all the fucking answers and we're great. And yet it's the, about having the fucking integrity to look at our own shittiness. And yet this piecemeal person by person thing, Whilst each outside their own door swept, the village will be clean. It's far better if one of the big municipal cleaning companies comes and cleans the street, right? Yeah. And that's not going to happen. This is the despair I have on it because it's just you're kind of made to feel guilty about your own personal behavior. And yeah. yet there's a machine driven by advertising, yeah. I have to say, and buy this and sell that. There's a consumerist machine yeah. that's demanding. Like even the car industry, you know, there was a good argument I heard was we should all just buy old cars yeah and keep old cars well, and don't buy thing, the electric cars. cars I'm going to go and yeah. Yeah, well, like I get that if you're changing your car you should probably buy old cars and not use yeah, them yeah what's making the fucking batteries out of them I mean I get a phone call every couple of months from my phone provider because I have a Huawei phone which is like the cheapest of the cheap I have a piece of shit phone that was very cheap to begin with and it's like five years old now five and a half years old and I broken about two years ago the screen's cracked I haven't but they, so like after 18 months they ring you and go you're you're due an upgrade and they keep ringing me and I'm like no I'm alright thanks and they, they can't quite grasp what I'm saying I'm like I don't like I don't need a new one for no, but you're entitled to one but you're not doing one. that for climate you're doing that because you want to keep all your stuff on your I'm phone. doing it for well and two reasons <laughs> no it started with I actually don't really want to fiddle with it and I the thing is 99.9% chance that I can just take my SD card out and stick into a new phone. But I'm also going, I don't need a new phone, though. I'm happy enough to the one I have. Getting used to a new phone is unnecessary. And I am genuinely sitting there going, why are we, like, mining lithium for a brand? Like, now, if the battery starts going fucky in it, as soon as the battery goes fucky that I can't depend on it and I, and I can't relax because what if something's wrong with the kids, I'll change it then. Mm. But because I don't need to change it, but it's just this constant push, mm. but 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 it's free. And I'm like, well, it's not free. It's just that I don't have to pay for it. You know, like I'm entitled to it. Somebody's pay. Like, why? It's wasteful. And like, yeah, so and I, I never thought I'd be the fucking virtuous because like, I'm a wasteful bitch. But I'm sitting there going, but like, I'm happy enough with it. I've no reason to change. And it seems, it seems like a shitty thing to do to have more fucking lithium mined for a new phone that I don't have any particular want So for. all of capitalism is greenwashing. So in the phone system, you'll find that Apple and Samsung and Huawei and all of these brands have got, uh, you know, climate departments now that are looking at ways of reducing the carbon footprint. Packaging, plastic use, all that kind of stuff. And we're reducing it. But it needs something like, 
if you're a mass, if you're a mobile phone manufacturer, you can only produce a brand new phone every two years, mm. not every time you want to. You know, so the Samsung's S7, which is now S24, even though it's only like ten years have gone by, and that will for, for focus the mind a bit. Yeah, uh, and and you know, if it's Procter and Gamble, you can't use plastics anymore. You've got to try and come up with new ways. But it's all done piecemeal. It's not done at a really core level, which says capitalism pick up your gun and say this has got to stop and we can, they can stop it much mm. quicker yeah but there is like a personal thing as well that I'm kind of like really trying to reckon with which is like if I like if I took a shine to a new phone that did something that mine doesn't and I really wanted I didn't need it my phone was working fine but I took a shine to it I kind of go well if I took a shine to it I'd go for it because I really want it and, and so I'm not expecting people to be all virtuous but I'm kind of going the, it's the thoughtless kind of you didn't even really want it sort of consumption that, that is really driving me mad I don't buy sustainable fashion I don't like I don't buy a huge amount of anything but like if I see something that I really fucking want it I don't think twice if I really really want it I get it we, do, we don't necessarily have to be so sanctimonious that every item of clothing you buy is sustainable and there, but there is such a thing as yeah but do you really want it and if you do fire ahead, you don't need a good excuse. I'd say fucking nine out of ten garments that we buy, we don't really want. We haven't decided where we're going to wear it. We're just being fucking wasteful cunts. If you really want that phone, you've been eyeing it up. It looks deadly and bring you a bit of joy. Fine, buy the phone. That's most but don't people. just buy the phone because they said, oh, you're due an upgrade. That's you're getting ripped people. off. Most people are in that latter group. Which, yeah. just for the sake of it, yeah. rather than actually yeah. wanting it. Not even thinking... Or, or else standing on ceremony, I guess we always have a holiday in Portugal every year and yeah. this year is not going to be any different, thank you. you know, and I but like, had you anywhere in mind that you really wanted to go this year or could you do without? Yeah. Like, I, 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 sorry, so. I mean, I, I, I think I should probably go up one further and, you know, lots of things that you want, you don't need. But before we even get to the point of stop using things you don't need, I'd say fucking 90% is just stop taking things you didn't even really want to begin with. Yeah, so I don't know what to what to think, think about that I mean my view on it is I, I, I can't actually even see a time when stuff like this gets tabled no. or even comes close to being uh, achieved right so you know there are some big gestures like you know um, Germany closing down its nuclear power plants which there's a debate out still on whether they're environmentally friendly or not but right now it's yeah. too late for Ireland to build it it's going to take 15 years to build a power plant. Yeah. And all those, those smaller power plants. And, you know, so... We are I where we are. I don't know. The, the, the consumption of the little person is tiny. The mm. little person multiplied by millions is huge. There's a long tail yeah. that can save lots of I, energy. But, I do but also there's also think, these big blocks of... I think the work. mentality has an impact on what we accept. Mm. More so than necessary. I mean, I suppose that what the little person does multiplied by millions, if not billions, yeah, definitely has an impact. But I think even bigger than that when we all have a certain mentality, we start going, sorry, what? We, we don't accept the same shit when we're, you know, so mm. there, there is that. Mm. We looked at it, at it ourselves. We have flights booked for parties in France and we're going to Denmark for a trip and stuff like that. But you know what? We're doing that as part of our travelogue. <laughs> yeah. So this is, we're going to these places so you don't have to, to save climate change. How about that? One? Is that <laughs> sanctimonious and hypocritical enough for everyone? You know, I'll see you in Toulouse next month. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've got nothing to lose. <laughs> oh dear. Mm. It's getting that bad. Speaking of wordplay, um, you know that I'm a Scrabble fan. And I, I do. missed, and this just shows you how irregularly it would ever come up in the game Scrabble. But recently, 
I was trying to play a seven-letter word, which was snigger in okay. Scrabble. And while I was playing, I couldn't find a place to play it, but I was able to play niggers. If you can imagine, I can take the S from the top and put it at the bottom of the N-word, and then add that to something. Yeah, the, the plural of get, the... I couldn't get okay, snigger yeah. out on the board. So you could, you could play a plural of the slur. Yeah. Right. I couldn't play snigger. And I look back at this, and it was a couple of years ago, Scrabble had decided to ban the N-word, which I'll start using now. In other words, the, the letters N-I-G-G-E-R are on the board, there for yeah. all to see, but there's an S in front of it, so it makes it snigger. That's fine. That's fine. Right. But in, you can't Scrabble, play it soda. Which is a word, just the same way as the N-word is a word in Scrabble. Yeah. Right? And this, it's caused a huge kerfuffle. My view on it is, it's just like, can everyone just understand that Scrabble's a word game? And it's like, it's a word in the English language. It's a very nasty, And some words horrible. are awful words, yeah. Yeah, like you can play the C word, okay, no yeah. problem, which I always play uh, every time I get it as one of my rules that I play with my friend on Scrabble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have that as a little joke. Uh, yeah. If you can play it, it's kind of funny. Not meaning that we're misogynist towards women's or women parts of the women's. Well, no, I have. I've, I've made the point previously that I think that the specifically American phenomenon of being so offended by the word yeah. "cunt" is deeply misogynistic in and of itself. And here's the thing: we need the N word, and that sounds terrible. And I know I'll, I'll go back to Cheryl Sharp, who was okay. the, who was the girl. I'm interested though. Where are you going with this? I need the we need the N word because the N word shows people up to be racist when they use ah. it. Ah. Okay, right. Shows okay, them to be yeah, racist yeah. or rappers. So, <laughs> by by having the word, then we can identify those that would merrily use the word yeah. as shitty people. Okay, racist doesn't go away when you stop but using the word. We need to cancel the word in the first place yeah. to recognise the people who are using it. Right, but well, <laughs> it's already at that stage. Yeah, so yeah. so it's a problem solved then. We have to cancel it so that we know that people using it have right. to be complete assholes. Yeah. So it's kind of worked itself out. To me... Like, no one can delete the word. Yeah, but to me, there's just... It's a word, okay? Mm. And it's got huge... It's huge got weight huge behind weight it. weight behind it, exactly, because it was a slur thrown at yeah. slaves, and it was all to, it's all to do with it. It is still a word. Every single de- derogatorial term for people... Uh, what are we? Mix, paddies, smelly Irish... What are, what are the other things that we call Irish people? Lazy, inbred, whatever... You know, just trying to think what what slurs, but no, yeah. no, none of them would alcoholics, alcos, yeah, the fighting, the fighting, art. Now that's one that really upsets me. No, but like, there's nothing there that as an Irish man I can say it doesn't carry man. the same hurt. No, I know that. Okay, but every nation or group or village has a term for the other nation beside yeah. that that makes yeah, yeah. that's hateful, right? Mm. So if they're at a football match, they'll hurl abuse. If they're having a fight in that person's country, they use. Wap, I tie, guinea, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And all of those words are deliberately meant to be offensive mm. to the person receiving them. Yeah. Somebody can call me a Mick uh, or a Paddy and I'm cool with it, or they can call me a Mick or a Paddy and I'm not cool with it and I yeah. end up in a fight because of the way it's being used towards me. Yeah. So the way it's being used, it's just a word, but it's being hurled at me yeah. in a way that says, I want to fight you. I want yeah. you to be offended by this. And so across the board, we have, you know, Seppos. Seppos is septic tanks, which is Yanks, which yeah. we use a lot playfully with Americans. And they seem to go for it because they probably don't even understand what it is. We call yeah. tans, British black and tans after their lovely soldiers who came in and murdered half of our people. So that's what I'm trying to do with this. If there's not that word, there'll be another word okay, yeah. that will come along. 
they'll start saying negroid or something like that. They'll use, they'll find something that's got the same level Definitely. of like I remember, hatred attached to it. I remember being probably like eight and the first, I mean, obviously there, there were some black people in Ireland, but few and far between because mm. well, before we became a destination that was worth coming to, mm. it was just the odd doctor that you would it'd be rare enough to see. But then 1998, we started getting a lot of people from Nigeria um, and the Celtic Tiger. So we were, we were a place that people came to for a better life. It just, <laughs> there was never a better life here before that. In recent years, you've got like Disney and Hannah Montana and all that kind of shit. But when I was growing up, Nickelodeon was like, there were a lot of black uh, programs set in like Detroit and Chicago and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of watching this going, it's really cool, but not when they're here. No one likes it when they're here, but we, but all, we like TLC, we like Destiny's Child, we like all things black, mm. as long as they sound American. And footballers. And then I was like, so I remember thinking about this and, and trying to grapple with this and went, oh, okay, so what it is, is we're actually xenophobic rather than racist because we don't mind black people. It's just if you have a foreign accent that we don't like you. If you're an immigrant, we don't like you. But that was the issue here. And I went, like, isn't it so interesting that words like, Coloured were the appropriate word at one point, and then and then I had to work out. Oh, so like we, if we just keep making the word a bad word, like well, we're going to run out of words, which is uh, you you can imagine that being kind of a an all right talking point. Oh, we can't say anything anymore. Yeah. But I was trying to understand this as a child mm. from a very pure position, and I kind of went, okay, well maybe we well we're not going to run out of words. We'll keep coming up with new ones, but maybe there's been uh, what I got to what I finally landed on was. Coloured wasn't bad, even though I don't know if you ever heard that poem. I don't know what it's called, but I remember reading it in school and it's like something like when you're born, you're purple. When you're sick, you're green. When you're in shock, you're white. I'm black all the time and you yes, you call me coloured. It was like this po- it was no, an anti-racism no, no. poem. Yeah. And I was kind of going, so so what's wrong with coloured? Because it had been the polite word at this time. And, and I, I came to just realise, yeah, I know, but it, it, car- it carried a certain amount of weight. And you know what? If we keep running out of words, we'll keep coming up with new words. And and maybe when the world is less fucking shitty. But yeah, they are carrying a weight of a time that we don't want to be reminded. And yes, Negro might have been correct at one point, but it's not anymore because it has such a fucking connotation to it. So yeah, we'll come up with a new fucking word. And if they've changed the words every 10 years, well, so be fucking it. When we stop changing the words, it's when, we st- it's when it stops being so bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, it means... Well, I mean, we shouldn't have... It's a bit like saying you shouldn't have a word for a black person. Even when you say black person or person of colour or all that kind of stuff, you're also walking around on landmines half the time. You yeah. know, you don't even know what the right thing to say is at the yeah. right time. What, do you, what can I say? So I guess we're looking for a colourblind f- future where it doesn't matter what colour you are. In the same way... The Martin Luther King thing rather than the Malcolm X thing. Exactly. Well, also, you know, as I said on my, when I was meeting Cheryl Sharp, you know, uh, ginger kids got slagged an awful lot more in the past than they do today. Really? When I was growing up. Yeah. Because I have a ginger kid and they're still mean. Yeah, I know they are. But like, it's not, it's going to take more than two generations to knock it out of people. But like, you're, you're told to be kinder and, and people, you know, teachers are more alert to bullying in school than they have ever been, I think. Mm. Well, I mean, again, you say it because it's applying to you. No, but no, I, I, I don't know. No one know. gave a shit who got bullied back in my day. You just got on with it. Oh, yeah, but they're still pretended it. to. And now, no, now they make much more of a fucking deal of pretending to, but they don't really give a fuck. Well, uh, you get to be honest. And everything. So it was, it was, uh, it was worse back in the day. Like there was, literally everything in Ireland was worse in the seventies. There was no good old days. Kids weren't little chirpy ur- urchins mm. that were looked after. They're more looked after now. They're better, better educated. They're better fed, and they're better 
hospital treat, treated than they mm. were back then. But everyone thinks not because well, it's no, terrible I, gen- Generally speaking, I would agree. I see where you're getting at. And I, I generally speaking, I would agree with you. But I would have a few differences that where I think it's a lot worse now. Right. I think overall it's better now. But things like better treat in hospital. Oh, no, no, no. We're absolutely fucking destroying kids now through our sheer selfishness. We're speaking in vast generalizations, but like seventies, yeah, there was a thing of like, ah, kids would be kids, they'd be grand, leave them out there. There was a certain neglect to yeah. the way we viewed children at the time. But I would say there is a more insidious neglect now in that we are much more selfish. We expect children to serve our needs in a way that we didn't before, and we infantilize them. And then, and we didn't when I was being brought up, where you weren't even no one gave a shit about you as a kid. Yeah, we infantilize them, and then we suddenly expect them to be deeply mature. We have, I, I would stretch further than we and this might be a little bit controversial to say women women are now older having children it's about my needs me 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 mine mine my child my baby i'm so sad that my baby's growing up my baby 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 until they get to a certain age and then suddenly be a grown-up something that i found most difficult bringing up kids is everywhere i look i see judgment and i see that i'm not really doing things the correct way but something that keeps occurring to me is that nobody seems to be willing to walk the path between childhood and adulthood like nobody seems to be willing to put in the hard yards about adolescence of accepting that a child is a person and that maybe you don't have to drop them to the door of every fucking appointment they have maybe you as a mother should be less selfish and be willing to sit and worry and go i hope this stupid fuck doesn't get run over by a car that's part of being a mother because you're robbing them of that opportunity. But what we're doing is we're infantilizing them and expecting them to believe in Santi until they're fucking 14. And basically, I as a mother don't ever want to have to feel uncomfortable or worry. But when the child is grown up, magic, you're 18, off you go, go and live your life. But we, I, I've been unwilling to put myself in any discomfort to teach you. We're also spoon feeding them the internet. Yes. Without any care. Exactly. We're not letting them do sport anymore as much as they used to back yeah. in the day. They don't go out. We're afraid because to Because we out. don't want to have yeah, to so live with the fear of, okay. because Madeleine McCann, because this, okay. because that. that means that's my point. Are more protected my today. point, no, my point is we are protecting ourselves from the, the from any worry. Okay, because proxy. we're looking after our anxiety, but we're not protecting children. Okay. We're throwing them onto the internet for anything to happen to them. Importing this American ideology that we should, any time a child experiences distress, we should medicalize that and pump them with fucking drugs. Right. By the way, I'm not making little of child distress because you will not find a child with more distress than me. What I'm saying is we're too fucking lazy to do the work. But it's, it's all about, I don't want to have to worry about the children are out, where are they? I want to collect them from door to door. I'm not going to let them roam the streets with their friends as they should and as is appropriate to their age while still knowing where they are vaguely and keep it alive. Because I don't want to have to sit with the discomfort of wondering what if something happens to them. So basically, I'm sacrificing allowing my children to grow and change as a person and to mature and to acquire the skills in a safe way where they still have a home to come home to where they don't have to be the adult. I'm, I'm robbing them of that opportunity because it might involve discomfort for me. Yeah, well, that's your view. I mean, there's that's, also... But that's what I'm seeing all yeah, the time. You can, you, I wasn't sent out into the world to do my thing without anyone caring what the fuck happened to me because they were letting me grow up. They just couldn't be fucking ours. Oh, no, right? I definitely know. I, that care, was definitely the case right? as well. They didn't well. care. Also, people didn't seem to get taken as much as kid, kid you know, there was, there, was, there was a sort of a... You didn't hear as many disappear. Now, maybe they were now, here's taken my by point. the church no. or whatever. So here's my point nearly all of the fucking shit about you, know, you hear kids getting snatched all the time it's bollocks it's horse shit it's yeah. not happening the danger in your house is probably your husband yeah. or you yeah. or your father or certainly your new boyfriend or that's the danger to your to your 
child is somebody trusted unfortunately yeah. it's not going so, it's not a man in a van that's going to connect like it's it's so rare that a stranger kid and most abduction is a non-custodial parent abducting a child this fucking idea but the, the but amount this of fucking idea that you had great medical attention in the 70s no, i'm not saying there is but i'm saying medical. the medical attention we have now is nothing short of abuse okay but it was worse back then because first of all it was less quite i mean there are doctors who are recommending putting kids on ritalin and stuff like this or ritalin or whatever you call it now, parents going along with it and suddenly every mm. second kid is on the fucking thing and teachers being able to quickly reach for, oh, he's got ADHD. Yeah. None of that happened. And you could argue that that toughened us up and also got us to get on with things because we weren't allowed to go. Well, it's not like about it toughened it up. Well, it's we about it's fucking on. abuse of kids. Nobody I knew had autism. Nobody I knew was, was uh, dyslexic when I was growing up and there had to be people in the class. Who oh, of course, but nobody was identified no as identified. such. You weren't like, given any help. Mm. You were beaten up if you didn't know your maths because you didn't understand maths by mm. your father or whoever. So, you know, it wasn't Oh, no, a, I know. But, but like, yeah, I know, I know. But kids I mean, these days are just so cosseted. It's scary and worrying yeah, but I, because but I think they'll have no spine when This is my point. Yeah. I think that the cosseting of children is, it's neglect. To, I, I know that there was an awful lot of neglect at the time and I don't think, oh, kids need to toughen up. Mm. Some of our cosseting of children is not because we're being so gentle with them. It's because we're unwilling to sit in discomfort as parents. And I sure. think that's severe neglect. And how are they going to have any coping skills? And I would say most... And I, of, I think that's selfish. And I would say most of the same applies to the parents of the 70s and 80s. They from a different angle. From a different angle. Yeah, they absolutely. talk with their kids. Absolutely. Them, and so it ends up. Yeah, and, I, and so. I do think kids these days are better off than they were in the 70s. I, I absolutely do. Mm. I just think it's an interesting and important conversation that an awful lot of parents didn't give a shit about their kids, to be honest, and were a bit, ah, fuck them, they rare each other sort of attitude in the mm. 70s. Some of our over-attentiveness now is not about the child's needs, but it's selfishly about our own needs, and we're actually kneecapping our kids. We're cutting them off at the knees, and best luck in the real world. Or as happened uh, last week in America, we're cutting them off in their oh, prime. The Texas shooting, the latest in, I think, something like 300... 11 school shootings since 2000. Over 300,000 children have experienced gun violence directly in that 22-year period in America. And it's blamed on mental health, which, <laughs> which America's not an You don't an have a monopoly. You don't yeah. have a monopoly no, on shooting. There's not an outlier in mental health. No, I was thinking about this earlier on, right, because I knew this was going to come up. Obviously, I'm sorry, there's, there's no two ways about it. Guns. We don't have fucking guns here. That's the fucking difference. There are mental fucking teenagers and... Most of the school shootings, the vast, vast majority happen when somebody gets their dad's gun or a relative's gun. They're under 18 and they, I think it's something like 8 out of 10 school shooters are under 18. So they didn't go and buy them. So the point that, oh, we can just have mental health checks. Sorry, that doesn't quite work. The point is you have a society where you have guns in your house. And I go, okay, I think I'm a very good mother. I, I don't do all the chopped vegetables every two fucking minutes shit, but I take really seriously my job. But I can't guarantee you that one of my children wouldn't go off the deep end in distress in their teenage years and do something stupid. Like, for instance, attempt suicide. But I can guarantee you that whether it's one of my children are their frontal lobe isn't fully formed and they've experienced rejection and they're angry and they're entitled and they didn't get the right therapy they needed and they decide to be violent. They're not going to have a gun to do so. If they're suicidal, they're not going to have a gun to do so. I can guarantee you that. And that's the fucking start because I think we can do our best and we should, of course, we should pay attention to kids who are bullied and kids who aren't having their needs. Of course we should. But there's always going to be outliers. There's always going to be arseholes. There's always going to be kids that are just fucking mental till they settle down. 
we can't have guns available but it's the adults who can't grow up they go I need to have a fucking gun in my house but I respect guns my kids are brought up to respect guns like well there's 80 million gun owners in America further to that I would say to the mental health thing what I really think the issue is is because there's mental health issues all over the world and being a teenager at all let alone a teenager in 2022 of course you're fucked the system is designed to fuck with your head your brain isn't developed at 25 if we're looking at the mental health thing, I kind of go, let's more look at the culture. Let's look at the mental health culture. If you're growing up in a culture where your parents feel entitled to own a gun, the only purpose of a gun is to injure somebody else or to kill somebody else. And when you are so fucking entitled, entitlement is I should be allowed at me, 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 me. The core of all abuse by the way is not anger management it's entitlement for instance abusive men that are start with being really controlling it's not because they have an anger management issue they don't they don't go knocking the head off some six foot man in super value it's that i feel anxious and i feel insecure so if i control who you can talk to it helps me manage my anxiety and i feel entitled to shit on your life in order to comfort myself it's entitlement entitlement is the problem Mm -hmm. and when you're being brought up with parents in a culture where we are entitled to have machines designed to kill other humans so that we don't have to feel anxious. I am anxious. I feel powerless in this society. I don't want to have to live the human experience where something bad could happen to me. No, I do believe everyone's entitled to not have bad things happen to them, like not have your house broken into. I think that's disgraceful. But the entitlement for me is... I feel so, I'm so entitled that I feel I have a right to have a machine to kill people so that I can sleep better at night knowing no one's going to get to me. That is spoiled brat fucking entitled mentality. That's, that's America. But I know, but the, so my issue is that you don't have a mental health issue in America, but you have a spoiled cunt, entitled, violent, yeah. abusive mentality. So they have a cultural problem. Most of all, take the fucking access to guns away. It's, it's not rocket I mean, science. But yes, if there is a problem in terms of mental health, it's not that you don't have access to enough mental health. It's not that we're not looking after people's depression. No, it's that you have a, you collectively, as a society, are spoilt cunts. Well, there's no more... America, first of all, doesn't have as big a mental health problem as any other country. No, here. but they have an attitude problem. Okay. Um, and the second thing, like a lot of people, someone was asking me, how come I'm not doing my shithole country thing that I did for years on Facebook? They're doing it themselves. Yeah, well, no, they were doing it then as well. It's just, I, I, again, like climate change, I couldn't be arsed. Mm. I don't care anymore. Go and shoot yourselves. Go and shoot all your children in America. Go and make up your excuses with the NRA. Go and get Donald Trump to come out and say, oh, yeah, you know, guns don't kill people, keep people kill people, and that we need to arm the teachers. Go and all get into a fucking big room, America, and shoot yourselves, all of each other, in the head. And you know what? The world will be a better place. And, uh, you know, the one thing that people don't re- re- for- keep forgetting is that in Dunblane in Scotland and in Tasmania, yeah. both of those countries, Scotland Has and Australia... Since. Immediately, and after the attack at the, the mosque in New Zealand... Hasn't Ardern, happened since. Yeah, those countries just slammed down on fucking guns. They have an amnesty. Bring in your guns by next July. And if you're not, you're going to be regret the consequences. And they brought in hundreds of thousands of guns from the streets, and they got themselves clean. Hmm. And no one is going in shooting schools. Well, Sean, and they're coming out with all these little pathetic... Guns don't kill people. Murderers do. Yeah, but I'd rather if the murderers didn't have guns, fuck wit. Yeah. Like, it's not... It's not like there's, there's this disingenuous shit of like let's look past the simplicity of taking away guns let's look at the real issue I'm like okay if we're going to get into it let's look at this sick society that America is let's look at your entitlement the violent attitude the ignorance that you learn nothing about like Americans I'm sorry 
lots of Americans that are nice but I, I, to be honest with you I think the Americans that we respect and have time for it will be saying yes absolutely so obviously this is not ranted at you we are backing you up here well, it is not uh, no. because a lot of them just sit back and don't you know it's a bit like everything if you want to get after what it, I'm saying is it. if you're offended by this good it's aimed at you if you're American and you're not offended by this it's probably because you're on the right side of it and going yes finally yes someone's saying it grant like I really don't give a shit but this attitude of we're the greatest democracy in the world actually no you're not it is a very weak system of democracy as evident by look what's happened to your country it's completely partisan it's actually a shitty I have been on the internet and had Americans say to me um we're a republic we have a constitution we can't just change the rules and I am sitting there going okay First of all, you're not the only, you're not actually a true republic. And I say this coming from a country officially called the Republic of Ireland. Now, why do you have, remind me again, why do you think you have the right to bear arms? Because of the Second Amendment. Do you know what the word amendment means? Yeah. That we can't change the, I shit you not, like Americans think they're the only country in the world that has a constitution. And I swear to God, these fuckers were getting fucking shitty with me on the internet saying, you can't just change the constitution. I'm like, amendment. <laughs> but like the whole thing you know there's the there's the, the guns there's the conspiracy theorists of COVID there's the MAGA hat supporters of Donald Trump mm. uh, there's the marches racist marches anti-Jewish all of these come down to their that. weak system of government but it, it, it does and also the Republican Party as it's preparing itself for the midterms is leaning in to stolen elections to Donald mm. Trump narrative people are just going we're going to keep this lie going and, yeah you know but I mean like the thing that's like occurring to me sorry I jumped across you but like, it, even with the whole Roe versus Wade thing falling and I'm kind of going for the past 10 years I've been sitting there going Roe versus Wade has been very convenient but it's very very fecky it's it's based like the only they, didn't, they don't have it's a right. Thing, it's yeah. a privacy thing. It's not an, a, a right to, to autonomy, yeah. which fine. It's convenient that it did the job, but it was always fecky. But I'm sitting there going, you need to do something about that because that will fall like a house of fucking bricks very easily, and that's what's happened. And that it's not, but yeah, but it's not just uh, it's not just the kind of anti-American thing, but it's like. One of the things that Americans seem to feel very strongly about is that they've got a really strong democracy. And I'm kind of going, you really don't. Americans do not understand any other system of democracy. Whereas, as they keep reminding us, uh, well, we're so important that you watch our shows. Yes, we do. Which means that people from other countries understand their own system of government. I understand the, the Irish system of democracy very well. I also understand the American one. Not I wouldn't go giving a lecture about it, but I understand it well enough, which is more that can be said, more can be said than Americans don't understand foreign systems. And when I look at their system, I realize this is what's wrong because it might have started out with the best of intentions, but it's gone tits up. It's actually a faulty system that has led you to a place that you've got a totally partisan thing where it's us and them and no matter what happens that's going to happen so when covid came in the democrats said let's look after our neighbor well just to be fucking contrary the republicans have to say the opposite and this is look it's i I couldn't set up a government i couldn't set up an entire democratic system but the reality is if you look at american history your system has been a problem it's us and them it's whatever you say the other person has to say the opposite to be contrary that's what's led to QAnon that's what's led to the shit show that is COVID that's what's led to all of America's problems so actually they've and I I don't have a huge amount of time for the Irish government we've got a lot of problems there's a lot of shit we can't figure out 
But the reality is, for such a huge nation, your your democratic system is broken. And no matter what the next problem that comes along, whether it's climate change, whether it's something new, whether it's war, everything that comes along is going to go exactly the same way because you've got this partisan system from a shit, fecky, makeshift democracy. But yet they think they have the best, best democracy in the world. It's I'm not weak. Even sure, they do think that. It's, 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 but like, you see my point. Like, everything, no matter what, nobody even it believes nearly, what they say. But basically, whatever you lot say, we're going to say it, the opposite. It very nearly fell, you know, in, in January. They, they don't have a decent democracy. They, they have a very, very shaky political system that has caused all their problems and will continue to cause the same problem no matter what the issue is. Anyway, that's a podcast. The, uh, everywhere we look, there's just shit, really. And we were just talking about this the other day that it does have an effect on one's mental health and it can lead you to feeling I suppose skittish and uh, worried and I guess you should be but there's also this sort of benign nihilism in my view which I'm working on myself which is just you know there's lots of this stuff that we just can't change I wish we could and so it's talking on this show and writing to your politicians and all that kind of shit doesn't work anymore that sounds like a real Killjoy that approach. sounds very defeatist. Yes, but that, well, that's but where you're a, at, though. There's, no, there's an upside to it, which is, and actually, nothing actually matters. I mean, you know, long term, nothing matters. We're going into the sun with this planet. We'll probably do ourselves in beforehand, and so there, there is huge amounts of things that you can that can be done without getting on Twitter and late, mm. lashing into venomous attacks of somebody or getting venomously attacked yourself. Where there is. Nature. Someone said to me recently, if the if the Milky Way, you know, sometimes when the Milky Way is out, you can just see the entire yeah. stars. You can you can't see it in cities anymore. Someone said if that came out once every twenty five years, we would all be flocking to Kerry Mountains and you know camping out yeah. just to see it. And it's there every night. Well, not necessarily in Ireland. There's lots of things. There's movies. There's I mean, books. There's philosophy. There's a lot of things that we can lean into. And yeah, it sounds a little bit like we're giving up and letting the letting the uh, wolf into the hen house to, to, to eat all the hens. Mm. I mean, I've been a student of optimistic nihilism for as long as I can remember. I know that that's something that you're kind of getting into and trying on for size in many different ways and re- reading and all that kind of stuff in the past couple of years. And I know that you also sound like you're off to top yourself a few <laughs> minutes ago when you said that. Um, but I also know that sometimes you give advice that is very Sean-centric, as in you work in a totally different operating system to most people I've met. And another way of looking at that, because it's not going to be for everyone, the optimistic nihilism, and I just don't want people to be admiring trees outside saying that's going to be, I'm going to hang myself on that one now because I've listened <laughs> to Sean, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to upbeat this, but I will do it with sincerity. Um there, yeah, there's not a lot we can do about the macro issues, but we can identify skills that we have. I'm interested in personalities. That's that's my huge interest. I, I, I love personalities and what makes people tick and what works in that way. I'm interested in mental health. I'm interested in autism. I can't change the fact that the DSM is still being considered anything other than the shit that it is. What is I, the DSM? Oh, it's the Diagnostic Statistics Manual. It is what psychiatrists diagnose, make you up diseases like borderline personality disorder, which is just modern day hysteria. Make you up shit that there's no genetic bias for, but it's just like 60 year old rich men deciding, oh, a woman is angry. Let's give her a mental health issue. I can be angry about all that. I can't necessarily change that, but I can decide, yeah, but one person at a time that I meet, I can decide, 
I think I can help this person. Mm. I think I can change how I bring up my kids. I can try and do better with them. So, no, you can't fix the entire whole world. But even if you can't save the world, if two or three people that you come across in your life are better off because of your kindness or your patience or some skill that you have, that's your bag, that's your interest, if you can make the world softer or gentler or if you can tidy up some of the fucking ugliness for one or two people that's reason enough to get up in the morning how does that conflict with where i'm at well it doesn't conflict what i'm saying is that the optimistic nihilism it's interesting but i i I think that can be a little bit mind-blowing if you're trying to intellectually be optimistically nihilist that's great but if you're chemically not the most susie sunshine of us that becomes difficult. Well, I, I am talking about how to embrace optimistic nihilism and live by it and, and, and make it not a problem and mm. make it a kind of a, a very intriguing way of going about living your life that doesn't involve having to uh, wade into Twitter yeah. every night, go online to I see suppose- if you're getting liked and always be putting something back into the economy and helping people. But you can do that. I suppose my point is that the level of stoicism that's involved in being able to keep that up. But it would change from person to person. I think so. I think personalities. Somebody who goes and teaches windsurfing to handicapped children off the coast of Ireland every day and has swimming lessons and comes home and sits down and watches something on television and has a few drinks and goes to bed and doesn't read the newspaper and doesn't listen to the radio and just puts their whole life into that, mm. can be very rewarded by it. Yeah. There, you know, it's like when we talk about the trans thing and everything, there's this assumption that because we're interested in talking about it, that everybody's interested in talking about it, and it's a really tiny... Yeah. A lot of people are too thick to understand it, as we've covered in America and mm. here. A lot of people are just not interested. A lot of people actively choose not to, to go there. The newspapers or anything, yeah. Yeah, but I think a lot of people actively choose not to go there. And there is an element of sometimes we can be, and I say we, I mean me, sometimes we can be a little bit like, oh, vapid shit. I think some people have the wisdom to understand that it wouldn't suit them to give yeah. a shit about so, stuff. So, but but what, what the only downside that I, and I'm, I am playing with this and I haven't arrived at an actual solution mm, yet. It'd be boring if you did. Um, is that if you leave the pitch... Yeah. Uh, and go and play somewhere else because you're not interested in what's going on on the pitch. And the pitch is the pitch of public discourse, the pitch of what's going on yeah. in the world. Then you're leaving the pitch to whatever. You're on one side and you're leaving your side one person down, if you yeah. want to call it like that. But coming around to that is it doesn't really matter. And I, I, I'd love to read the thing that I've had in my wallet. I've played it before in the podcast, but I might read it to, to go out for over 20 maybe 30 years on a little piece of scrap of paper. And That's we've recently for you. We've, we've played it. I gave it to someone recently. I remember I gave it to... I said, this has been in my wallet. It was a bit like the watch scene in Pulp Fiction. Jesus. Um, but I'll read it. Uh, we've, we've featured it on the podcast a few times before. It's from 1992, which makes it all the more intriguing because it's uh, it was Bill Hicks about a year and a half before he died. Anyway, we will see you next time on the podcast. Sorry, this one was a bit dreary. Bye. All the best. See you now. The world is like a ride at an amusement park. And when you choose to go on it, you think it's real. Because that's how powerful our minds are. And the ride goes up and down and round and round. And it has thrills and chills. And it's very brightly coloured. And it's very loud. And it's fun for a while. Some people have been on the ride for a long time. And they begin to question, is this real? 
Or is this just a ride? And other people have remembered and they come back to us and they say, hey, don't worry, don't be afraid ever because this is just a ride. And we kill those people. Shut him up. We've a lot invested in this ride. Shut him up. Look at my furrows of worry. Look at my big bank account and my family. This has to be real. It's just a ride. But we always kill those good guys who try and tell us that. Ever notice? And we let the demons run amok. But it doesn't matter because it's just a ride. And we can change it any time we want. It's only a choice. No effort, no worry, no job, no savings and money. Just a choice right now between fear and love. The eyes of fear want you to put bigger locks in your door, buy bigger guns, close yourself off. The eyes of love instead see all of us as one. Here's what we can do to change the world right now into a better ride. Take all that money we spend on weapons and defence each year and instead spend it feeding, clothing and educating the poor of the world, which it would do many times over. Not one human being excluded. And we can explore space together, both inner and outer, forever in peace. It's just a ride, it's just a ride. I've been watching Grey's Anatomy, sorry. (laughs)